I'm your host, Jason, along with Chris. Yo. And Ashley is actually on our way back from Tampa. Tampa. Nice. So. Um, she should stay down there and watch the hockey. Yeah, because you ain't going to watch it in St. Louis. Foreshadow. Um, so, for the first time in six seasons, the Blues will not be going to the playoffs due nope. to another. And this isn't going to be like me and you, which somebody brought this up to me last night, which I thought was hilarious. They still remember our rant from after the Chicago series from four years ago. Was that the one when we were up 3-1 and lost? Yes. Me and you. Me and you. Um. Two to one, I think, or two nothing. We won the first two games. Was that the Ryan Miller year? Yes. Yeah. I remember me and you were at my house. Yeah. And then we went downstairs, let's record now. And we just like F bombed it up. Yeah. Which this year, I think, unfortunately, we've been beaten down so much. I think we're not even at the F bomb stage anymore. We're just (sighs) at at this extreme disappointment stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, even in the middle of that seven game win streak a couple weeks ago, I never was confident that this team was going to make the playoffs. I just felt like the the clock was going to run out on these guys. Yeah, I always thought they would squeak in barely. I thought they would get that last one, and I was almost right. Close. Like, you know the game that broke me? If we were going to rage, the game that broke me was Wednesday night against Chicago. Oh, yeah. That's that thing I, I could tell by uh, the post and when we were texting back and forth. Yeah, where that, it was that's, that's, where, that's where I broke because I, I, I was at that game, and uh, Duncan Keith was right in front of my seats when he shot that slapper. Um, and you could just, I've never seen the team just kick Chicago's ass for for 40 minutes and then come out in that third period and you could tell that that was a team playing not to lose. Yeah, and we, uh, yeah, the Blues didn't really, and look back, if they had at least Two a point, points in their last six games. If they had a point that one game, point. they would have, this one they would have lo- lost it because of, because of, uh, they would have lost the fourth tiebreaker, apparently, because they lost in regulation. They would have had to at least get a point last night in the, I, the avalanche. I made the comment today that I, I said, if you really want to boil it down to what it is, the Blues missed the playoffs by 8.5 seconds. Yep. That's pretty darn close because, um, yeah, just uh, we'll go to a quick structure thing here. We're just going to do a generic kind of talk about things, and yeah. we're not going to go each game break them down like we, have, no. we normally do. I think – I think the best thing what people want to hear about is what what's where is this team going? How do we feel about what's going on right now? Sure. Where's this team going? What can we do to improve the team? And maybe dream scenario versus real scenario. That's kind of what I have a breakdown right now. So um watching that game last night, by the middle of the first period, after the Avalanche scored that goal, mm. the, that was near the end of the first. It was the last minute of the first. Yeah, it was like forty seconds left. Yeah. Um I think right then and there I said they're they're going to lose this game and that's that started ever since I can trace it back when I had that feeling because every game I thought the Blues would always be in every game I think that's right. most of the season at least well half and of the especially season. you look back at that that run of seven games that they won so many of those games were come from behind games yeah and you thought like this team does have it in them obviously yep. at least some sort of mind you they were they did play a lot of backups that game which some people some people brought up said you played of those seven wins you played five backups still the NHL goalies in my opinion mind yeah, you, man Roger Brube was awful that one game when we came back but the game that boils it down where I think my perception of this team completely turned where I always went towards the negative unfortunately was the Nashville game where the oh, three, with the three nothing lead going yeah. to the three and they lost four to three. I agree. I, I I think with their like I think that's showing that this team didn't have at the end of the day didn't have the what we call it, guts, balls, yeah. whatever you want to have it to like sack I, up and get back into a game. I would say that that and the Chicago loss last week are probably tied for me on the worst losses of the season. Pretty close. Remember the also the Edmonton game where they were uh blew it in the last minute and then lost in overtime. There's a there's if you right. there's like five games where I kind of look back at the schedule super quick when I after the, last night because I had to stay up late. A I was watching NXT Takeover, which was fantastic. Yes, and I was also kind of doing some research for today. Um, there's about five games which unfortunately I just earmarked them and then I didn't really get into them. But I know one was the uh, the Nashville game, the Edmonton game, Chicago, 
Um, and then you can I I even mark down you can mark down both the Arizona games for you're, yeah. never, you're never really in two of th- two of those. I agree. Three. I agree. So I uh, for me I, I circle back to that Chicago game last week at at Scott Trade um, because this is a Chicago team all year that's been bad. No Taves, but, no Crawford. Yeah, you look at that game Wednesday, and I get it. I get you still have to play, but there is no reason why the Blues should have lost that game ever. And the way they played the first 40 minutes, I know it was still a 3-2 game, but they were kicking Chicago's butt up and down the ice. And if you win that game, and then you go to Chicago and handle business like they did Friday night, Saturday is a non-factor. Yep. Um, you know what? Patrick Kane did exactly what he said he wanted to do. He wanted to keep the Blues out of the playoffs, and they did it. Yeah, he didn't, but part of the whole team did. So, yeah, it's, a lot uh, of the, it's you know, there's a lot of the interesting stuff. Like the this the the I'm gonna try to spit out here. There's a lot wrong with the team, basically, and like I've seen a lot of people rage on Doug Armstrong. I saw a lot of people rage on Mike Yo. A lot of people rage we'll get into on all the that, players. Sure. I think we'll try to break this down. I think I think it's every single one of those things. I agree. I don't. You can't point your finger at any one thing. Does Jake Allen deserve blame? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Does Doug Armstrong deserve blame? Yep. Yes. Does the coach? Yes. Does the entire? There's nobody on this roster. Save for maybe Braden Shen and Braden Shen that I, honest to God, don't think that you could point a finger at maybe Jaden Schwartz and go, you could have done more. Yeah, Tarasenko had his – he did not hit the 40-goal mark this year. He had 32. We need to have a deeper conversation about Tarasenko. And you and I talked about this a little bit last night. I'm concerned on a deeper-than-hockey level – I'm concerned that there's something medically wrong with the fragility of this guy. There's also something wrong with him because he uh, is hurt and has a very significant injury. That's what I'm talking about. So, which happened according to what according to Yo at least happened last night, and according to Yo, after the press conference last night when the Blues lost five to two against Avalanche, mind you, that score makes it sound worse than it actually. It was. wasn't that bad, but yeah, um, that. Tarasenko's injury did not come back after maybe half the first period. I think he played four minutes. And they said that his injury, his injury he would describe as significant, and if the Blues did win that game and get to the playoffs, he's like he would have not been available for the series. I'm thinking it's a separated shoulder. I'm thinking some kind of injury, cut rotator cuff, something like that. So, Which, if that's the case, get him in surgery as soon as possible because that's, that's, a, that's a long recovery. You look at the replay of how he hurt himself last night. Didn't look that bad. You look at the replay of how he, we assume, got a concussion about a month ago mm-hmm. when he missed two games. Neither of those incidents appear to be overly physical incidents. Mm-hmm. The The one was a stick that caught him. It didn't appear to be too violent of a, a, a hit. Uh, it's just like the hit and then the guy didn't have control of his stick and just like swung it wildly and smacked him right in the face pretty right. much. Um, I've seen do. I mean, hell, last week he took a stick in the face that cut him open like he was a boxer and yeah. was fine. Yeah, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. That so you look at the hit that put him out for two games with what we can only assume was a concussion. You look at last night where he misses a check and spins around and kind of bounces off the boards. Yeah. Not, Not overly bad. fast Nothing or hard. It didn't look bad at all. That's what That's what concerns me. Yes. Like, I'm concerned that there's something be it skeletal or muscular system wise with this guy that he's maybe going to be made of glass down the future and that scares me because he's extraordinarily talented but if he's one of these guys that we have to insulate in a bubble dude that's worrisome yeah i gotta Okay, I just didn't know. I was yeah. I, I just want to bring up a point. I saw something online with somebody posted up, and I want your thing on this because I kind of I didn't want to jump in on it because I would have been like crazed blues fan. Sure. One guy said Vladimir Tarasenko is the new Alexander Semin. He's like changed my mind, and I, he he was as far as oh I'm hurt I can't play. He just said in everything. 
general. Uh, Alex, look, Alexander Semin. To my di- Alexander Semin didn't have Yori Letary as a center for almost two years. To and my, still get forty well, goals. To my knowledge, the knock on Alexander Semin was his work ethic. Hence, why he had to get bought out. Right. I don't think there's a person in hockey who will question Tarasenko's work ethic. Um, does he need to work on the defensive end of his game? Sure. I think he. I think I saw but some he, look, flashes of it this year. So yeah. Ag- agreed. And let's be honest, he ain't out there to play defense. Yeah, like, I mean, you're paying $7.5 million to score I mean, goals. So. Look at Ovechkin. Look at all of these highly skilled, scoring, predominantly Russian forwards. Malkin, like, too, maybe. I mean, I, I mean, like, I don't watch anybody close enough. I know Ovechkin's been knocked for with the controller off. Right. Times or I mean, coast. Brett Hall didn't exactly play defense. Wayne Gretzky didn't exactly play defense. Um. He and that's not to, he's not a liability on defense, but if you're wanting your guy who is your sniper to also be your top defenseman, man, this is not NHL 18 on PlayStation. Yeah, it's just not. You're not going to be able to custom make that dude. Yeah, like he's like if he, there are guys like that, but also like hard to find. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I said, I just, I'm fine with the way Vladimir Tarasenko is. Like, is he a superstar? In my opinion, in my opinion, yes. Some people, I, some people say no. I still say he's one of the top ten scoring guys in the NHL. Yeah, some people. I saw somebody say he's a Phil Kessel, where he's just oh, like, oh, he is better than a Phil Kessel. He's like he's a guy on the team who can score goals, but he's not the guy who will lead you to a cup. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think that you can say that about him right now because he's not surrounded. With a supporting cast outside of the, his two line mates, there ain't too much else up up top, and that's the problem. Yeah, there it, Which, it is not you. You cannot lay the failure of this team at the feet of Vladimir Tarasenko. You just can't. Okay. That would be like laying everything at the feet of Brett Hall in the eighties and nineties when they couldn't get past the second round. Yeah, or whatever. So you you can't do it. He's one. Dude. All right, let's break well, let's break this down into the things we kind of talked about. Let's go first. Let's the one that everybody's been going at, uh, Doug Armstrong. Sure. Uh, so first, the gif that came out of the Chicago game, which did you see that? You were at the oh, game. I was at the game. I saw it. It's, it's accurate. Where uh, it's right when Keith scored with eight seconds left. Yep. And, and you just see Armstrong throw his arms up. His eyes. Rolls his eyes. Rolls his gets eyes. Up and walks gets, out. gets out and walks out of the booth. And props to the NBC guy who got a camera on Doug Armstrong for that. Everyone. If you were at that game and you didn't know this was coming, you can you're sense fooling it at home. yourself. You can sense it at home, too. I knew it. As soon as we hit it and I looked at the clock and I was like, yep, we're done. And then my buddy goes, what do you mean? And I went, they're going to score. This isn't going to overtime. Which sucks. But um, so, so smart for them to have the camera on him because you knew it was coming. Yeah. So first we'll go to like the roster construction. So unfortunately, um, Robbie Fabry is coming back Hopefully. from injury. Well, at the beginning of the season, I guess, where we went oh, okay. at the the season. So you think he's coming back, and then he gets hurt, and there was yeah. really no backup plan for that. You're hoping he would come in and score, and you really got nobody to replicate that on your yes. roster. Obviously, Clem Costin came in later in the game. It doesn't sound like he was ever an option. Right. So it was, unfortunately, his he's like, well, it'll come from within. You're hoping Vladimir Saboka would do that. Mind you, career high in goals, but that was like 11 goals. Sure. Uh, and he did not replicate anything what – Robbie Fabry could do no in my opinion speed and creativity wise I, I would say that do. your only replacement for Robbie Fabry came in Braden Shen yeah but unfortunately yeah because then I think Yuri Latero's replacement was Vladimir Saboka so you look at it that way kind of yeah agreed um and so basically I, I think, you had no backup plan there and I think that plays into what you and I said leading into the season was that this team was thin and any sort of injuries would really be bad. And to be te- to be accurate, the Blues lost 315 man games this year. That's a lot. It, dude, it is, but... I, Not an excuse at the same Colorado's time. Colorado's without Varlamov right now. Eric Johnson as well. They lost most of the season. Yeah, I too. mean... I, I, I'm not going to discount. And they lost McKinnon for, I think, three or yeah, four weeks. Too. I'm not going to discount the injuries, but everyone's always so quick to go, oh, well, look who we don't have. Man, look around the league. There's a lot of teams that don't have a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Blues were started the season 21-8-2, and, and that was I, as of December 10th. If 
I remember correctly, we were the second team by a day only because of scheduling to get to 20 points and 20 wins. Second only to Tampa. Mind you, Tampa also fell off too, but that's a different story. But the Blues, after December 10th, went under 500, 23, 24, and 4, and they missed the postseason for the first time. Yeah. So, Dark Arms has got a lot to do. And now, well, so he, I'm just going to run down the UFA and RFAs real quick. And okay. Then we talk about potential what you do with this guys that you have and maybe guys that you want to bring in and dream scenario bringing guys. Sure. Uh, UFAs is not that much, uh, but there's kind of two ones that I think you have to consider bringing back for sure. And you can guess which two. Uh, Kyle Brodziak, Scotty Upshaw, Wade Megan, and Carter Hutton are all UFAs. I think you have to bring back Brodziak for sure. Brodziak got moved up to the second line center. Or out of ringer, necessity. Which is out of necessity. Um, which is crazy. And mind you, played pretty darn good. He played great. He so Look, I, him and Berglund got a good thing going. I kind of like – I liked what Berglund did as usual. Like at the end of the season, turns Comes it on. Comes strong. Seven goals in the last ten games. Yep. Anyway, Brodziak – I think it's a definite you have to bring back, and he can anchor the fourth line and a guy who can move up and down the Agreed. lineup. He's a utility dude. Uh, Scotty Upshaw, you have that in the guy you acquired, Nikita Soshnikov, in my opinion. I think I think this is uh, Scotty Upshaw's right off under the sunset. Yeah. He had a, the last area kidney. I think that was his end of his time as a blue. Wade Megan, that's fine. Bring him back for the San Antonio Rampage. Maybe I'll call up every once in a while. Agreed. Cool. Carter Hutton, um, depending on what you do with goaltending, I don't know. So I, I think you'd have to. Uh, I think it depends Cuso's on the ready. price tag. Because if he's going to probably one of these double what he's making, which was 1.25. Depends on what That's what he's making now. Yeah. So you're looking at paying 32 him year old. two and a half million or more. Yep. It's a lot of money. And unfortunately, he's his stats, you know, they're back. I mean, to a degree, he played a lot of games, like over 25 games this year. But he had the best goals against and the second best save percentage in NHL. Unfortunately, that's what you can bring to the table, and there be teams that overpay for that. Agreed. That's the thing. It's like, look at what James Reimer got from when he was in a, from Florida. He got over $3 million. Right. And he's the backup. Right. So, who knows with Carter Hutton? I think I think you can try to bring him back, but if you have to move on, I guess you have to move on. But I don't think Huso is not a backup, in my opinion, he should not be the backup yet. Yet. I don't know enough about the dude yet. Played was on the all rookie team. Yeah, which is great. Which is great. And, um, played very well. Um, I just think I want to see have a full season of starter like on the AHL team. Like sure. he got spot dude this year due to the whole AHL club thing not really being ours. Right. So here's RFAs, which and if, you, if you qualify a guy, you have to pay him. At least, I think it's at least ten percent higher of what they're making now. So like Dimitri Yaskin, who's, nope. uh, he makes one point two. So you have to pay him at least like one point three, one point four million. Nope. Uh, it's a, that's a lot for a guy with under ten goals. Nope. Nikita Toshnikov didn't. Ha- I didn't see enough of him. So I, I don't think see bring, enough of him. What's got, he making? I, like nine hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. Yes. So just bring yeah. it back. Just bring it back. Fine. Uh, Oscar Sundquist. What's he making? Seven hundred thousand. He had a one way deal this year. So we sign him. He's still under a million. Well, ten percent higher. So seven hundred seventy. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him back. Yeah, eight hundred thousand. If you're giving that, he could be your extra guy. Yep. So, and at the end, he started to play well. It took a while, fine. but fine. Fourth liner. Yep. Exactly. Um, Robbie Fabry. Yes. Obviously, um, he will get a bridge deal because due yeah. to the injury, I'm sure they'll say our prove it deal. Like here, we'll uh, give you. I a, think he has to. You have to give him a prove it deal. Yeah. Because no team's gonna take a chance on him. Uh, some minor league guys here: Mackenzie McEachern, which they'll probably qualify to fill the team out in the minors. Right. Uh, Bo Bennett. Didn't make the I, team. And I only, don't yeah. care. Yeah, didn't you know? Don't really care. Uh, obvious one here: Joel Edmondson. Yes, he's going to get a significant raise. I'm yes. guessing. I'm guessing four years, sixteen mil, probably. Mm, unfortunately, my job. I'm saying as as in I, that's too much for him. That's probably the going rate. I'm just saying like we need we need money to go elsewhere to get some scores. Agreed. So, uh, Jordan Schmaltz is an interesting case here. Uh, yeah. This could be a uh, potential, my opinion, a potential trade ship guy due to the signing of that uh, Mitch Rinky that they got from the, the college yeah. free agents. Yeah. He could be like, hey, here you get control of him. He's an RFA. You just have to sign him. Give him a one-way deal because you have to give him like a one-way deal this year because he's not. He's going to be waivers eligible for now on. Right. So uh, that's an interesting call there. Uh, another guy, which is a guy, a former second-round pick, Thomas Vanilli. Was the ECHL for part of the year. Got moved up to the rampage due to some injuries. Whatever. Same thing. Justin Selman, who's a center, once again, probably fell at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, six in the AHL, whatever. Interesting one, I think, here is Jordan Binnington. 
he got loaned to another uh, AHL team and made the AHL All Star team. It went like nine zero and two. Played very well down the stretch. It was always him and Huso and uh, Copley that were always like the three-headed monster, right? Yeah, down there in the head for a while. Uh, Copley wound up going back to Washington. Um, so it could be Bennington and Huso next year. Who knows what they do? Bennington's had a couple of games in St. Louis, right? I don't think he, I think he might have came in for a couple of minutes, but I think he's actually started a game. I think he kind of came in. To, I think it was that whole thing gave Allen a break when Allen had a couple of goals go in, put Bennington in for five, ten minutes, and right. then put Allen back in type thing. But nothing like he started a game. Got it. Last one, which is a guy who's been around forever and kind of enigma now, uh, Pateri Limbaum. Hurt his shoulder at the end Boy, of the day. Boy, yeah, uh, man. So he might – he was like – he signed right during training camp and then uh, was AHL all year, hurt his shoulder. What's his What's his money? Uh, 700000 So the same thing as Sunquist? Yeah. Fine. Like I said, put him in an AHL deal. He'll be down. Nobody's going to take a chance on him. The Agreed. Blues have eight draft picks this year. Which is good. Uh, they lost, obviously, their – who knows now, technically. Their pick this year, right now, they lay at number 16. Or excuse me, I'm going to do my math right there. Number 15. Right. Uh, so, technically, the Blues... They're in the lottery. But the Blues will lose that pick to Philly because it's not top 10. If it's not top 10. So, the Blues, like like last year with Philly, was number 13 last year, got moved up to number 2. Right. Well, and that's what we. I think that's what we have to hope for. Yeah, because honestly, if you get somebody up there, there's about four guys that are really, really good. And after yeah. that, there's a bunch of guys that are solid and pretty decent, but maybe not guys that would be quote-unquote game changers or yeah. game... Well, one of the guys is a St. Louis kid, Brady Kachuk. You might know his dad. Familiar with the name? So, I was kind of let be kind of Where like, is the pick that we get from Winnipeg? Wherever Winnipeg finishes. Oh, that's right. So, unfortunately, we're if they finish first, let's say the Blue, let's say uh, Winnipeg. Come on, Minnesota. If Minnesota sweeps them or something like that and they're out first, that's a number 16 so pick. So, we could have 15 and 16. Well, theoretically. At least a 16. You get the 16 pick, then that would be a huge uh, bargaining chip. In the offseason, or that's a really good player you can get. So, like I said, the Blues wind up losing. They had a lot of injuries this year. Like guys like Jay Bo Meester, Carl Gunnarsson, uh, Scotty Upshaw, and Fabry, and then numerous times Jaden Schwartz was hurt for a while there with an ankle, foot, whatever it was. Terry Single missed some games. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. So, Doug Armstrong, he's got to figure out what to do here with these guys. And if they need to. They need, if the saying who he needs to bring in, because at the end of the day, we're both in agreement. He needs to bring in something here. So let's talk about Doug Armstrong and, and where you and I think the fault lies with Doug. Um, I know there's people who just think that he has no idea what he's doing. And I, I know that there's people who think that um, he's uh, – he, there's so many people who think so many different things on, on where and why Doug Armstrong is to blame. My thought on Armstrong is this. I think Doug is trying to change this team from a big, heavy team into a fast, skilled team. The likes of Chicago when they were winning cups. The likes of the Colorado Avalanche now. The likes of um, the Edmonton Oilers who have their own set of problems. Mm -hmm. And teams like that. The problem is there's not a ton of those players available because if there were, we would all have them. Um, I think Armstrong's guilty of two things. The biggest being he seems to award money based on potential as opposed to results. Mm -hmm. And you look at contracts like the contract given to Sabotka, the contract given to... Berglin, although we have ad nauseum talked about why we think that contract was given. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of other guys, um, you know, who were traded for and immediately re-upped for giant contracts. Jay Bowmeister, the likes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And some of those contracts have worked out. Some of those haven't. Um, I, I think that is, you know, a, another big one being Paul Stasny. But say what you will, you had to pay big money for that when we did that. He was the top free agent available. And he wanted to come here. And he wanted to come here. And, and look, there's no one. Rewind the tape four years ago, and there's no one in the world who thought that was a bad signing. Nope. Um, Coming off like a 60-point year? Or yeah. I, 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 if you want to put blame on Armstrong, I think that's where it is. Is that he spends money in advance of the return on investment. Yeah, overvalues. Yes. Guys. Um. 
hoping that giving you a big contract will make you want to earn like right. play for that contract you just got instead of correct instead of he gives it as like an incentive to play better instead of a reward for playing better instead of human nature would say like you already have the big contract you can lay back and do whatever which is how many times that happened in hockey when they in gotten, all sports in everything yeah in everything the other thing is say what you will about trades or transactions that that Doug has made yes a lot of fan favorites have left this team under his watch. We don't need to go through them all. We all know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Look specifically at three deals in the last two years that Armstrong has had on the table and how dynamically different this team would be if any two of those three had happened. I think I know two. Specifically? Two off the top of my head, I know. Specifically, sure. the Kevin Shattenkirk trades that would have been for Taylor Hall, or Jonathan Drewen, mm-hmm. which Shattenkirk killed both, and the possible deal that would have been for Jason Spezza. Mm-hmm. If you get Taylor Hall and Jason Spezza on this team, or Jonathan Drewen and Jason Spezza on this team, because you're not going to get both Hall and Drewen, because those were both deals separate deals. Yeah, separate deals. Yeah. This team is dynamically different. Mm-hmm dynamically different. You put J- Taylor Hall and Braden Shen and Paul Stasny as your top three centers, holy bejesus. Well, Taylor Hall would probably be the wing. He'd be right wing. That's well, right. Yeah, well, th- I'm sorry. Well, think he, about... Well, he is a wing. Like you said, think about your top two lines, and it would have been, let's keep the one we have now, Shen, Tarasenko, and... Uh, and Schwartz. Schwartz. And then second line, for now with injury, was to say Steen. You put Steen at the time, Stasny and Taylor Hall. I mean... I'll take Steen down to third and put Robbie Fabry up there. Well, I said injury wise. I'm just right. yeah, but I would agree to you. But Fabry up there, but that's I mean that's, that that's, that's a enough. murderer's row of a top six. That's not bad. So that's hard for teams to game plan. You like who do you cover on the wing, especially Taylor Hall, who mind you is having a MVP year this year, which yes. makes it even more frustrating. But even if he was like what he was in Edmonton, scoring at least thirty goals and yep. you know twenty something assists, thirty assists. Yep, having another sixty point guy who can fly on the wing. I yes, mean, and, and I you know. So you cannot argue that Doug Armstrong is not doing what he can to get this team better. There's just certain things that aren't going to pan out. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, in hindsight, the Ryan Miller deal sucked. But it was a deal that everyone, hockey expert on down the line, thought was great. You know, you look at this year. I get that people hated seeing... Ryan Reeves go. I get it. But, dude, you can't always be on the take. There's times where you have to give in order to get better. And, and unfortunately, on that case, like, you got a useful guy in Oscar Sundquist. You only have one goal, but whatever, but useful yep. to a degree. And, and then you flip that pick into a guy who could be your next top six guy, big body forward. He could be your next David Backus. Yeah. So, I mean, you could really do something And let's, let's be honest, there is a chance, and I would say a better than average chance, based on how deep Vegas goes, that the Blues bring Ryan Reeves back this this next year. You never know, because with Thorburn, I mean, oh. uh, Chris Thorburn is, Bye. unfortunately, Bye. still there, but I mean, you could... You could, uh, you could get him out of here for $900,000. Like, that's something you could use that money for. Reeves is still effective yeah. compared to where... Chris I'll Thorburn take Reeves so seven slow. days out of seven days over Chris Thorburn. Ryan, as we talked about many times in the past, Ryan Reeves changed his game to fit the new NHL. And he is a much more productive player than Thorburn was. Yeah. Thorburn had uh, one goal this year and like six assists. A timely goal. My, yeah, mind you, yeah, for that uh, goal to get us into overtime. But yep. uh, it's a. Uh, yeah, the roster construction was at the end of the day. Like after we got the injuries, it was not good. Um, um, but at the time, which we'll get into this part, is a lot of players underperformed. Oh yes. So oh yes, it was something where um, Vladimir Saboka didn't do well. Um, a lot of other guys didn't. Uh, you could say outside of the top line, mm-hmm. everybody underperformed. Uh, Agreed. Steen. Steen, Stasny. Stasny was not good, and that could be just due to like the line. They, yep. like, Berglund turning on at the end, I want to have 17 goals this year, even at part-time duty. If you go over 82 games, the guy was over 30 goal score this year. Yep. So it's hard to – on that part, it's hard to – but people – it's interesting that like guys like Jay Bomeister and Berglund come back, and his team – it was in December, and his team started to go down compared yeah. to like Ascend. Like, is it a coincidence? 
I, I don't know because Jay Bobeister, I don't think, is that ineffective to the point where he I would think Jay, Jay Bobeister takes a bad rap. I really do. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's bad at all. I think the team finally just hit that point where they were ascending so much and over, you know, like you said, over at that. We found out now we're over. Uh-huh. Uh, overrated. Overachieving. Overachieving, thank you, compared to what they were. And then now you're, and that's the point it happened. I mean, now you're kind of thinking, oh, it's because of those two guys. I mean, I think it's a mix of uh, chemistry was going a certain way, but you they were thin. I mean, you guys are playing guys in the minors. You're playing, yeah. uh, Saboka was on the first line for a while. Hell, Scotty Upshaw was on the first line for two or yeah. three games. Yep. That's something that, if you told me that in the summertime, I would have said, this team is not even getting a close to the playoffs or close to their lottery pick. Yeah. If you, if you told me that. And this team barely missed a playoff, so trying to be not be not super negative, you barely missed by a point. Right. Um, yeah, the, mind you, the thing, the problem is you had a ton of chances to, like I kept saying, the Blues control their destiny. The Blues they had, did. And I believe the Blues website, they post, they pimp that out like a ton. And guess what? Like you said, two points in the last six games. Like, I ain't going to get you, it done, kids. You, you choked. Oh, and yeah. That's a, I will say this, like as much as the beginning, I think Alexander Petrangelo was struggling with the captaincy. He came on so great. He came on, and I think part of that was, I think getting away from Jay Bomeister was good for him. And that's not saying Jay Bomeister held him back. I it's think just not a good pairing. It's just wound up not being a good pairing for why Jay Bomeister's skills are starting to deteriorate. I think Petrangelo, maybe I'll maybe call it a loyalty out of just whatever, helped compensate for way Jay Bomeister's playing. Yeah. I can, mind you, can't confirm that. I can't like, Maybe if I watch game tape, maybe I can see that. But it seemed like when he was not with Jay Bo Meester, that guy was dynamic at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But we just came back, and that's when Petrangelo kind of took a step back for a while, and yeah. people were saying how bad he was. Jay Bo Meester gets hurt again, is gone. Alexander Petrangelo turned it on and was playing fantastic. You know, top 10, top 10 defenseman in the league. Yeah. Um, he was the, guy, the number one star of the week a couple the, weeks ago. Yeah, the guy that we got to talk about that uh, got a fat contract and for call me whatever you want. Colt Breakle was fucking awful this year. Pardon me on that one, but he bad. was he was not good. Bad. And I'm not talking offensive bad. numbers. He was bad, bad defensively. Yeah. I don't give a crap if that guy has five goals or fifty goals. Um that defensive play that you could see near the end down the stretch was not these good. last 10, 15 games. So was Holy he was he hurt or, or what was going on, man? Just, he was not good. No, and like to, where I thought I was like uh, that first goal last night was one hundred percent on Pareko. And then the other thing was happening too. Like the failed clear. Like how many times I saw failed clears by him this year? Oh, it was, dude, it was crazy. There were so many games that I went to this year. And keep in mind, out of my twelve game plan, I went eleven and one. The only game I lost was the Chicago game last week. There were so many. Bad turnovers in our own end that remember how we used to always talk about Eric Brewer and towards the end of his career, Barrett Jackman assisting on goals for the other team. Mm -hmm. That's what Pareko was doing. I'm talking like puck on tape to the other team in the slot type of turnovers, not just sloppy passes that weren't handled well, but like. Puck on tape to the other forward. I don't know if he's telegraphing his passes. I don't know what the deal is. But from his positioning to his lack of using that six foot five frame to clear the crease to a stick handling to whatever, this was a regression like I haven't seen out of a blues player in a long, long time. Yeah, not good at the end of the day. Um, I thought at I thought when he was not injured, I thought Carl Gunnarsson actually had a pretty solid. I thought season, Gunnarsson was great. Which I I, thought, I'm usually I'll be honest, I was super down on the guy. Yeah, I thought Gunnarsson and Edmondson both had fantastic seasons. Yeah, Edmondson made sure he earned his contract, so he very sure. played very well. Um, Chris Butler's not an NHL defenseman, no, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the new guy I can't say enough. He only played one game. Mitch Rinky, Rinky, whatever. Uh, Schmaltz, I thought, played okay when he was in there. He was fine. I, Serviceable. For what I did, I thought he was okie-dokie. So, um, who else do we got here that did not play well? So, all right. So, if Armstrong needed to uh, do some stuff. Thanks, dude. Um, he needed to do uh, something. Who do you think the Blues should obviously bring in? Outside of the obvious one that would make the, everything who better. Who should we bring in? Yeah. Outside of the obvious one that would make everything in all worlds better. You're talking John Tavares. Of course. Um, that would be the ultimate, like, wow, okay, this team is actually a lot better now. So you need more than just John. Read me. Uh, do you have a list of the top UFAs? I will pull it up in a second, sir, as we start uh, um, in this thing here. You know, 
I think the position everyone wants to look at right now is going to be goaltending. I don't know who's available. Here's an argument. Possibly Brayden Holtby. That's the only thing I can really But I don't with. know. Uh, dude, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know if Brayden Holtby is that big of an upgrade over Jake Allen. I don't know. This year he struggled, so I'll say that. So is he starting to regress? He he's was, had he's having his worst year as a, as a pro this year. Yeah, so is that. So and have they announced? Are they going to go with Holpe or? Have not announced what's yet. His, what's his. Uh, so there's really nobody on the free agent list outside of Tavares, I think, at least. Maybe James and Reamsdyke. But like we said, like I say, and I don't think it's a guy that you really can use. I mean, not use, but I mean, you have a lot of left. You have a lot of those it. guys, yeah. And he's going to want number one or two lines, and you have. Schwartz and hopefully Fabry and Steen right. there already. If you weren't paying Steen that much money, maybe you consider it. But Agreed. I mean, look, I, of course we all would love to have John Tavares, so would everybody else in the league. I, I think that Montreal is going to go all in. All in to a ridiculous number. Can the Blues match it or beat it? Maybe. And then it just comes down to where does he want to go? Yeah, he might stay. Um, at the end of the day, he still could be he loyal. He still could and, sign in New York too. Yeah. Uh, the only other one on that list is you know Stasny is going to be a UFA. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back, but you have to have rate, a talk yeah. about money and just be like, look, dude, you you ain't getting seven million. So yeah. you can come here and continue the grind with us, and uh, and work towards what we've been working towards. He obviously knows the system. Yep. Or if you want to go get paid, go get paid. I wouldn't fault him for that either. So. Nothing really there. Armstrong's just got a lot of work to do at the end of the day. Uh, There's a bigger discussion we'll have about what I think the the bigger problem with this team is. Yeah, so they uh, – man, this is just – it's kind of like – like you said, it's not even like you're angry anymore. Well, there's anger there, but it's like you're more just – now you're disappointed again. Well, let's, let's, let's have some fun with this because I think you and I both identified, despite the fact that this team was thin – I think we were a little optimistic in our predictions of where the Blues would finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a really weird year, especially within the division, because teams that you thought would do great did not. Yeah. And teams that you thought were still a few years away from competing yeah. far exceeded. If, if, you had, if you had in the preseason told me, hey, um, Chicago, St. Louis, and Dallas, none of those teams are making the playoffs, I would have laughed at you. Yep, and Chicago finally, like we've been saying for the last couple of years, we're waiting from the – in our predictions, we even said, both of us, when I went back and listened to them, we both said, like, we picked Chicago third, but it's like, man, when is it going to be the year that they finally crapped the bed? Yeah. And this was the year that they completely finished last. So I mean, Crawford a, was gone for the majority. Yeah, with but Vertigo or whatever is wrong yeah, with them. That might be a career ender. You never know. And then they also have uh, – the guys with really bad contracts. Like you thought, the Blues had bad contracts. They have uh, Brent Seabrook making like over six million dollars for the next six years. So Duncan, with a no movement clause, and Duncan Keith's contract ain't that much worse. Well, his, but he's halfway. He's like around four million, but he's like for like five more years or something yep. like that. He, two goals, have, two goals. Two. Yep, and he just scored them recently too, and one unfortunately against us. Yep. But um, we also said the Jets would we'd know what they would do, and then they finally ascended. So mm-hmm. they did that, which is nice, which is good for them. Colorado far exceeded expectations. Yeah, I think we had Colorado last on both of ours. We and uh, we didn't have the Jets. We had Jets second to last. Uh, Minnesota about the same where we thought they finished. So yeah, close to it. Such a slightly quiet, above. like quietly just they're a average team. Which which is funny with uh, them. Like Eric Stahl is leading that team with like, over seventy points yep. right now. Which is funny how he said he did an article in the Players Tribune eh, maybe a month ago. Basically said when he's a free agent, he didn't know what his really value was, and he had two teams that came at him hard, and he kind of made him feel better as a player, one being the St. Louis Blues, one being Minnesota Wild. And he decided to go to – he didn't say – I can't remember why he wanted to go to the Wild, but he said St. Louis was um, very aggressive and wanted to bring me in and was very uh, – you know, made, you know, basically talked to him and said, like, oh, it makes him feel wanted and he could do big things with us. So who knows how the Blues would have had if they had Stastny and Eric Stahl after the thing. Yeah. I mean, look, Minnesota finished four points ahead of the St. Louis, four or five points. Uh, the ninety, they're at a within points. striking distance. Uh, so we finished ninety four. So and they finished a hundred. So six points, three games. Yeah, that's and, the difference between how third, many, That's the difference between third place and out of the playoffs. And how many times did the Blues uh, blow games? We had like what four? We said four or five games that we could pin you. If you got like one or two points out of all those yep. games. There's five, four or five. Say if you tied all those games. Yeah. Or say you win one of those or tie one or whatever, three or four points, you're right there. Yeah. So, you know, Minnesota, 
an average, a, a slightly above average team that just quietly goes about getting it done. Um, I, it's interesting, man. I, I truly think that not only in the Central right now, but in the West in general, it's Nashville and everybody else. Yep. So, and uh, I know it's like one of those things where anybody, I don't want anybody else to win like their first cup before us. So that's why I'm like, I want Winnipeg. Uh, more Winnipeg just because they've, they've been around. It's Winnipeg's been around. Right. I know they're a new team, but they're not a new and team. And I like, I like Winnipeg's uh, fans a lot better, too. Yes. So the Nashville fans are. Uh, the only cool. team that I think would, like, Nashville would suck. It would, because it's especially to be another team in the Central. Mm-hmm. That would put it at just us in Winnipeg. Yeah. I guess technically Minnesota. Yeah. Not having a cup. Um God help me if the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. Jesus. Yeah. If if a team in its first year wins the wins the cup, I might jump off a bridge. It's what they've done there and how guys have maybe overachieved or come into their own all it's at once. It's a great story. It's, it's a great story. It's, I mean it could be the best thing that would happen for hockey if Vegas wins. Yeah. But as a blues fan, it would crush as, my as fans soul. of any fans that are around, like look at Toronto fans and fans like that, fans who haven't had a cup in how many? Shut years? up, Toronto! You have cups, not for a long time. Though. I don't care. I know years. that technically fifty years. I know that technically they're the longest drought in the NHL because they're an older team than us. But you still have cups. That's true. But you know, so let's see what else we got. That's uh, let's just do. We can do a quick playoff. Uh, Playoff matchup. Yep. How the, I, I want to make one remark in closing. What, what I think the bigger problem is with it. the Blues, and I, I think that you've heard this expressed now by multiple free agents who have come into this team, and some who have left, some who are still there. Is there is a deep psychological problem that permeates this team, and it seems to permeate it regardless of who's there and who's not. The St. Louis Blues cannot handle success, and the St. Louis Blues cannot handle long periods of adversity. They seem to be a team that, if they're not just average, doesn't play well. They're, it's a team who, and I don't know if it's because they put too much pressure on themselves because they haven't won a cup. I don't know what it is, but there is for sure a culture psychological problem with this franchise. And I think it goes deeper than just the locker room. I think it's, I don't want to say ownership down because I think Stillman's doing everything. He can. He's Stillman spending company, money, man. He's spending they're money. They're doing so everything they can. Upgrading the arena, doing everything he can, which mind you, the second upgrade looks fantastic. Yes. I think everyone who has their hand in the day-to-day operations of this team. So I'll say from Doug Armstrong on down. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but I you there's something there. There's something wrong. There's something fundamentally wrong. I like the f- mental fragility of the team is it was ridiculous. It's and it's been like no matter who's been there, it's been from the young kids. By young kids, I mean by Perron, yep. Oshie, Berglund, Bacastein, kind of. Um, Ever since this team core, got and now back we're into kinda, the playoffs, now we had moved 08. on to this core. Now it's yep. I don't know, man. I, I, it's it's really weird. That's yeah. the only word I can say is that it, it, it makes no sense, but it's there and it's palpable, and you can see it from coaching staff, front office players on down. The and atmosphere how many coaches that we've had, and it's a crazy thing. The too. atmosphere in that arena during the last home game, went from, God, we're terrible, to, oh, my God, we're going to win this game, we're making the playoffs, things are great, to, oh, my God, we can't lose this game. You could see it on the ice in the third period. You could see how tight this team was. And, Braden Shen, you are hands down the MVP of this team this year, but you are a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. If you or any other pro athlete, regardless of team or sport, uses the excuse of we wanted to win so bad we just got nervous I'm gonna slap you in the face yeah it was by a, the I time you get comment. to be a pro athlete the nerves thing should be gone or very little so they should go away once you hit the ice type or thing. at the very Who least knows, you know how to handle them yeah I mean there's uh, not like it I mean we have younger guys but like 
that team's a lot of guys have been around for a long time. That's my point. So, um, well, I got a couple of things we'll just do real quick. Uh, two things. You're, uh, you just kind of said it, which brought my uh, thing up. MVP of the team. Braden Shed. Uh, I have to agree there. Jaden Schwartz would would have been probably, but it would do the injury kind of yeah. still came on almost had over a point a game. So, uh, most disappointing player. I'll ask you that. And sadly Jake enough, there's Allen. a say, uh, say there's a lot of candidates there. Um, it, it's Jake Allen. I'll do it like the guy I said earlier. Uh, Colton Pareko just. Ooh, boy, that's a good one too. I just, he just. I'm I mean, give it, I'm gonna give it to both. And I'm not saying I want him to come up and be like a freaking uh, Norris the Trophy regr- finalist. The regression. The regression is worse than Pareko. That's the reason opinion. I had said Allen is just because it was another year. The inconsistency didn't kill is killing me. It's it's the, me. the third year in a row where he's had is that actually just a psychological yeah. dip to the point where they need to give him mental breaks. As Ashley said, his seasonal depression, whatever you want to call it. But um, the point that you brought it the other day when you texted me was fantastic, and I think I put it on the Twitters as well. If your goalie needs a mental break to get ready at game 80, 81, Think Especially against a team that just embarrassed him. When you're pushing for the playoffs, yeah, you're not a number one goalie. You got something that they're like, go see a sports psychologist. I know uh, Mark Andre Fleury did that years yeah. ago when he had the in the playoffs. Remember in that one playoffs a couple years ago where he had could not save a puck, yeah. and then they he in the off season he went and saw a sports psychologist who helped him get his game right. It's pretty solid goal. Look what he's doing in Vegas. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, maybe that's what it takes. I and don't I, know. And I, to the la- and we'll, I know we got a lot of other things to do. The last thing on Allen is people say that Allen hasn't been the same since uh, Brodeur was working with him on a daily basis. If I'm Martin Brodeur or whoever's in charge of it, look, man, I know that it may not be your job anymore. You're still in the organization. I think you need to step in. If it takes you working with Jake Allen on a daily basis to get Jake Allen to reach his potential, you better get your ass down to practice. And yeah. start working with him if again. He's going to be your guy going forward. At a four point over a four million dollar contract, not a non movable contract. Because hell, if you can get rid of your Latero's contract, you Agreed. can get, you can get rid of that contract. There's many teams. I'm not saying they're going to, but there are many teams right now that would gladly take on Jake Islanders, Allen in that contract. Islanders, uh, Carolina, possibly uh, Vancouver. Vancouver needs a goalie. Yeah, a lot of guys. So yeah. it's uh, there's there's many places, many places. So. Who knows from there? Hell, even Arizona, you never know, could take right. on just to have they heat the cap. They have two big guys sure. down there. Who knows? Um, got that. So we'll do, like, unfortunately, the playoffs are not set by the time we're recording. We're recording the day after the Blues uh, loss is the eighth. So some are not set. So some of, we'll do the ones that are set for sure. I'll start in the east. Um, unfortunately, gosh, this is. All the matchups are set. We just don't know when they're, when they're going to start. Yeah. Yeah, if this if Tampa Bay wins the Atlantic, so that's the thing is like they're kind of basing it off of. And I think it. I think it's more of if. Yeah, so we're just gonna go with the ones we know. The West is set. Either way you put it, we'll just do the West then, just to be get it because unfortunately it isn't set. The one where we would have played would have been Nashville versus Colorado, the Central one seed against the the Wild Card number two. Nashville in five. Uh, I. I just see them rolling. Sorry. Like yep. Bernier, I think it's he might steal him a game, but I think overall it's not going to happen. Uh, Winnipeg versus Minnesota is an interesting one, I Winnipeg, think. Winnipeg, six. I would say Winnipeg in seven. I think it's a lot closer than you think. I think uh, Minnesota is one that, like you said, very sneaky, under-the-radar team. Yep. Um, especially if Dubnik plays like he did a couple years ago. Um, and let's see. The big one, which I think is, I think this is the uh, my upset pick for the first year round. It's uh, the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Los Angeles Kings. I'm calling the Kings in six. The Kings are hot right now. Vegas is not. Vegas has been very iffy the last month or so. Yeah, very like um, a couple lose a couple. I just think a bigger team like the Kings compared to the, the Golden Knights outside of Ryan Reeves are a pretty small but fast team. Um, as the Blues saw the other night, I purely based on goaltending, I'm going to go Vegas. Yeah, because uh, Quick has been okay this year, but Flurry, when he's been healthy, he's been really good. But then Malcolm Subban, who I remember came out of nowhere, I remember questioning that move when they got rid of um, Calvin Pickard, who I thought yeah. was going to be their backup, and they got Subban. I'm like, man, that's a dumb move because Subban really hasn't panned out, and he's been pretty Great. darn good. Yeah. Um, the other one, which is a Battle of uh, the West Coast teams, the Anaheim Ducks versus the San Jose Sharks. 
So the Ducks have the uh, home ice. I'll take Sharks. Which is crazy because the Ducks came out of nowhere the last couple of weeks and just have not lost. They went. Um, I think outside of the game they lost to the Blues. Yeah, they went eight one and two. Yeah. That was the only one they did. So they went, um, they were just eight one and one or something like that. They went. Um, they just. I'm going to call Sharks, and I say that goes seven. Sharks, uh, yeah, they're both man, they're both good teams, man. I can see and, and Ducks, mind you, lost Gibson was day to day. Yeah, Cam Fowler got hurt, so that could play. So into Ducks it are too. rolling with Ryan Miller. He got a he had a Ryan Miller actually a, not a Ryan Miller shutout a real shutout a, a real shutout the other wow. night so we had three nothing I saw the other night so for right now they might have to roll with him possibly for game one I haven't seen any updates uh, but he because Gibson was day to day because he had a collision on net so he could be a concussion thing so if it's Ryan Miller it might be leaning towards the Sharks as well yeah I will go with the Ducks in seven due to uh, not knowing about injury situations got it there's a lot of other. Uh, Depending on what happens in the East, uh, I think the one that's set for sure is uh, the Capitals versus the Blue Jackets, and um, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Toronto Maple Leafs. Those two are set. Their wild cards are kind of flipped around. So you're gonna call me nuts. Go for it. Tampa Bay versus Toronto. That one is a coin flip for me. Tampa Bay has not Vashlevsky, as my fancy team knows. Played like dog shit the last yep. couple last month or so, and he hasn't done well. And they slid out of that top spot because Boston overtook it after yeah. all that. So I uh... they have a chance to win it, mind you. They still do, cause, but it depends on this last game of the year where Boston's playing. If Boston loses, Tampa Bay gets it. They win, uh, Boston gets it. So that could affect the if Boston matchup. wins. They play Toronto, right? Boston wins, they play Toronto. Boston loses. Excuse me. Boston wins, they play the New York New Jersey Devils. They Boston loses, they play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Big change there. Yeah. Uh, I will say Toronto. Yeah, it's a tough one. I have the coin flip for me too. I'm going to say Tampa Bay in seven, and then Capitals versus the Blue Jackets. I'm going to take Columbus. I know I'm crazy. No, but. they played well, man. It's, it, it, it's, and no offense, man. It's the, and the Capitals, like we talked about earlier, they don't know what they're wrong with Grubauer or Holpe. Yeah, I, I just have a feeling Columbus is going gonna, is gonna to beat them. And then Pittsburgh and Philly, that's actually set as well. Sorry. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I say Pittsburgh five. and six. So you want to hear something that's uh, going to make you sad? Huh. So uh, and the Blues traded, you know, Ian Cole. Yeah. Um, Yori Laterra. Yeah. I know they're all in the playoffs, and they're all in the playoffs. And Braden Shen's not, which is you never would have said that beginning of the year. Yeah. Bacchus, Bacchus, Oshi, Cole, Perron, Perron, Elliot, Elliot, yeah, um, Yori Latera. I'm missing the one. Cole. I'm missing one more. He's getting. He said Ryan Reeves too. Ryan Reeves. It's one I'm missing off the top of my head. Um, no, it'll come to me eventually. But oh yeah, they're all, I, I it's uh, that this morning too. They're all in the playoffs. Yeah, the only so one who's sucks. not is Troy Brower. Yeah, and that's on him. So, all right, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we're gonna have a lot more going forward and next. So this is gonna be the last podcast. What do you for think the first move the Blues make in the offseason is? Uh, um, I say they sign Edmondson. I think they'll get that done quick. Yeah. Move wise, uh, something to change a pace type thing. I yeah. think it'll be a trade before signing somebody. Who do you think they trade? I don't know. Like I told you, I think they should. If the whole B thing is there, I think you should go for it. In my opinion, my personal opinion, because I think Washington never had like a top notch defense, pretty decent, pretty good. Right. But I think when you put Hopi here, I think he could thrive. Yeah. But I don't know. Depending on what they do, and people are saying at the beginning of the year, I was reading some Washington boards real quick uh, before we go. Reading the boards, and they were saying at the beginning of the year, the plan was flip Grubauer at the end of the year being right with Holpe because they have the top KHL goalie who apparently has agreed to come right. over and he will be either the backup or the top minor league goalie ready to come forward and Copley goes to a one-way deal so Copley will be the backup so they're at Holpe so one way or another you might have a Washington goalie available either yeah. as an RFA being Grubauer or uh, Holpe yeah so yeah. my thing is, people are saying arguments both ways. My thing is, if you need cap space because you need to bring Carlson because you don't have much of a defense uh, outside of Carlson, Brooks Orpik is hella old, and uh, Matt Niskanen is getting up there too. Brooks Orpik is hella old and hella overpaid. Correct. So I think Hopi would be the one where you maybe pull a three-way trade. where you, my, NHL Everyone likes pulling a good three-way. Yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to say something like phrasing. But uh, something like Hopi goes to Blues – 
some other stuff goes to uh, the Capitals, and Allen goes to like uh, Vancouver, New York, wherever. Yeah. Uh, so here's stuff. another question. Last one. The we'll last go. one. Elaine Vino is on the market. Yeah, I saw that. So we also got WrestleMania to get going to. So is Dan Bilesma. So is a few others. Obviously, Quinville's re-up. That's not going to happen. Chicago's keeping them. But with someone like Elaine Vino on the on the market, and you have to think there's going to be a couple more changes. This is the first year in a long time there wasn't an in-season coaching change. Anymore. First time in uh, eight years. I heard on NHL radio the other day. Yeah. Do you consider Elaine Vino a a upgrade over Mike Yo? Yes. And do you consider him the type of coach that this team needs? He's more offensive minded, that's for sure. Um gone farther than Mike Yo. He's been within remember he was the Vancouver coach when they came Took one him to game, the game seven of the cup. And they uh mind you went I think to the finals as the coach of the Rangers, correct? Uh was he there when they went to the finals against say, the Kings? I wanna say it was his first or second year, I thought. Okay, so he's been to the Cup Finals twice, at least. Um, I don't. I know they won't, but you have to consider it. I would, if it was me, if it was I am playing Doug Armstrong right now, um, I would actually, I'd honestly be like Mike Yo, be like, what happened? Like honestly, Armstrong knows what's going on during the year and stuff, but I'm looking at this at face value right now and be like, my roster management is best, but at the same time. When we had games, six games left where you needed the win and you only got two points. Yeah. Mind you, you can say injuries or whatever, but obviously what happened in that Chicago game? What yeah. happened on this game? Uh, you know, like how many times, like if you – I don't think something's wrong there, in my opinion. Like and it may, is it a player thing? Is it the coach thing? A little bit of both. you got to figure out where to go. And I think my personal opinion, I said there's two guys out there I would trade – I like trade goalie – and trade goalies, trade coaches out for. And it was Quenville and Trotz. Because if Washington like somehow doesn't do well again, which you just predicted them to go out in the first, Barry Trotz is very appealing to me. Yeah. As a guy that's well-respected and can come in and put a system in where it's defensive-minded and, I mean, mind you, look what he has for offensive weapons in Washington. Agreed. But if the Blues come here and he's to be a coach that if you set for a guy, let's say, like um, John Tavares, if you come here and say – Face value, Mike Yo, Barry Trotz, who is like more well respected. Oh, I agreed. You know what I'm saying? So that could be something too. Who knows? But um, if it was me, I would do it probably. Agreed. I think you're going to. I think you're going to see the. And biggest... that's not saying me like hating Mike Yo. I think there's something wrong. With the power play. The Blues. Oh, had, the Blues had the worst. Yep. Po- the Blues had the worst power play. Like average. Like you know, a goal for fifteen percent. That is the worst in St. Louis Blues history. Yeah. History. Yeah. 51 years, and you bottomed out. Like, imagine if the Blues were even 10, like 3% better. That's the playoffs. Yeah. And you can't figure it out. Like, you, he, he's – Yo, historically – ridiculously bad. Yo, historically has not had good. He's never had anything above 24. He had one with the Blues when he took over last year, and they were 16. That's because he took over halfway through. Yeah. My opinion, I, I think if Vigneault was there, I think you have to look into it, man. Former St. Louis Blue, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Lane Vigneault. Um, who knows? I don't think they will, but I think you have to look into it. And that's not me blaming Yo for everything. I think I, it's you I just think, have to change things up. I think all positions are up for evaluation. Up for evaluation. Yep. And I think that you potentially could see the biggest change in this team since the year when Stillman came out and said changes are coming. And that's when you saw Oshie get shipped out and everything else. Yep. I think you're going to see changes happen. Yep. Something's going to go. So, um, we'll definitely wrap it up there because we got to get WrestleMania going. Yep. So, uh, if you need a hold of us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL, Chris is at Hossapalooza. Ashley's at Ashley Reigns. If you get a hold of us on Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast, email Blues Hockey Podcast at Gmail, and most importantly, our website, Blues Hockey Podcast.net. That's .net. Not dot com. Yes. So um, we're going to do some more here, like we said before. Yeah. I think I might have said this before the recording. You might notice a little thing in the middle where the recording got messed up. We don't know what happened. So whatever. We roll with it. Um, we're going to get some people on here, talk about the season end, wrapping up, and see where the Blues go from here. You got me and Chris's so far. I want to try to do some more. We'll do our annual draft, uh, NHL draft yep. thing, and then we'll do a little free agency, and then we usually take the summer off like we always do. 
And then we'll be back in August. And uh, Gun to your head, who wins the cup? Boston. I hate you. Mm. You have any idea how... I know. How crazy they my look life good. will be if Boston wins. They look good. What I'm going to have to deal with if Boston wins. Bryson is a gal or something else? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. I know. I, sorry, it just like skipped me real quick. I always had that one vision in my head. So, I know. It is what it is. But they look good so far. But Yeah. I, I'm going to say uh, Nashville. Yeah. And my heart wants to say Nashville as well because my head is just like, don't say it because they look really good. They look phenomenal. So, Boston's played well, but we played them well one time too. So, we'll see. Yep. We'll never know. So, for now, we are out, and we will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you. Yep. Yeah.